No team in the SEC can beat South Carolina, and the rest of the nation better watch out for the Gamecocks. For the fifth time, South Carolina is the SEC Tournament Champion. This is Locked On Gamecocks. You've got Matt Smith here with you, and how about Dawn Staley and that team? I was there to take it all in in Greenville. Three dominant victories for the Gamecocks and they take their fifth SEC championship tournament style. They have five regular season championships under Dawn Staley as well. She has got the program rolling, and I loved it. I had so much fun. Great atmosphere. Big tip of the cap to Gamecock fans for making Greenville Columbia North again. And, of course, South Carolina now can get all the way to the Final Four without leaving the Palmetto State. First and second rounds in Columbia on their home court, and then the Gamecocks would go back to Greenville if they advance, which pretty good chance they will based on what I saw this weekend over a three-game, uh, three-day set in Greenville, and they'll be right back there in the upstate for the Elite Eight uh, and Regional Final. So exciting. Uh, the brand of basketball South Carolina is playing. I loved taking it all in. I loved watching Kiki and Aaliyah and Ty play together. The unselfishness, uh, the coordinated effort between the, that, that team and the intensity. Dawn Staley's brilliant. Um, I, I don't know that she gets enough credit for what she does in-game. Everybody says Dawn Staley is the best, if you know, is one of the best, if not the best, women's basketball coach going right now. But so often... She gets credit for her ability to recruit players, connect with players. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of the syndrome that you talk about with John Calipari um, at Kentucky. You know, how good is he X and O's if, if they had the, you know, similar talent? Well, I'll tell you something. I saw Dawn Staley this weekend in Greenville employ three different game plans over three different games completely different exotic from each other. One game, her team took 29 three-pointers. And then in, that was the semifinals and then in the against Arkansas. And then in the next, against Mississippi State in the final, South Carolina did not hit a single three-pointer. Aaliyah Boston was the focal point in the semifinals and the quarterfinals. And then in the finals, she only had, I believe, four points. 11 rebounds and four blocks, but only four points. Because the style changed and what they wanted to do and how they wanted to attack Mississippi State changed. The ninth best team in the country that had played South Carolina to a two-point game in Columbia earlier this season. She, meaning Dawn Staley, was absolutely locked in. And she gives credit to the players for putting those that game plan into action. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the third segment. But the Gamecock women just cruising, dancing into the big tournament. And, and I watched them dismantle that SEC competition. 19-0 um, and 0 this year against the SEC, one of the best, if not the best, uh, conference for women's basketball. So you can catch my stories at sportstalksc.com. More on Dawn Staley and the Gamecocks coming up in our third segment. Meanwhile, the men's team took a devastating loss at Vanderbilt, and now the Gamecocks have seen their metrics tumble, and it's down to four days 
back in Nashville. And South Carolina needs a miracle run to make the NCAA tournament. I thought this was a team that was going to put it together. I thought they were good enough defensively. And, and frankly, they have been good enough defensively. But there's no way to sugarcoat this. They struggle shooting. They were just one of 13 from the three-point line, shooting 31% from distance this season. That's not good enough. And Coach Martin is loath to play Jair Bolden for a lot of minutes, even though he's a terrific three-point shooter, and he gives them that scoring punch they need from the outside just because it weakens them a little bit defensively. So, I mean, this is why players like Sandarius Thornwell were so important. Thornwell could guard multiple positions on one end, and then he was a brilliant playmaker and scorer on the other. So, that's why he's special. That's why he's getting paid to play now. And this Gamecock team, just disappointing right now down the stretch. We'll see if, if they can bounce back and get back in the fans' good graces. Vanderbilt is back in the Gamecock sights. By the way, the way the bracket sets up, if you haven't seen it, South Carolina is going to take on the winner of Vandy, Arkansas. Okay, so Vandy, Arkansas are going to play Wednesday. South Carolina's first game will be Thursday. It's probably going to tip around 8.30. The Gamecocks got the sixth seed. Now, they beat both Vanderbilt and Arkansas in back-to-back -back fashion in late January, but I don't know how much you trust this club right now. And making the run in Nashville is a big ask. South Carolina, 18-13. and 13. And they've got to be a lot better than that to get the committee's attention back. Right now, they are nowhere to be found on any bracketologist bubble. Now, why did this happen to South Carolina? Well, you know, how much of it was the fact that South Carolina, I say they're good defensively, but when you foul as often as they do, that's not good defense. They held opponents to 39% shooting. Period. Not, you know, in second halves of games, you know, uh, on Wednesdays. Not, uh, you know, when, when another team is on the road. Not when another team is a mid-major. No, South Carolina held all of its opponents playing that schedule to 39% shooting overall, 29% from the three-point line. But in conference play, opponents shot 565 foul shots compared to 434 for South Carolina. Now, some of that were bad whistles going against them. But also, this team was somewhat frustrating, maddening, in terms of playing defense with their hands instead of their feet at times. So, that happened. South Carolina now finds itself as the sixth seed back in Nashville awaiting the winner of Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and they need a run in Nashville to make the NCAA tournament. So that is what is ahead of them. All right, but the good news, the women's team rolling along. They're going to be the top overall seed in the NCAA tournament. We'll hear from Dawn Staley coming up in our third segment and Coming up next, we're talking baseball. We said before South Carolina hosted Cornell, this team needed confidence. The lineup needed to throw up some crooked numbers. They did just that, winning big over Big Red and sweeping Cornell out of Founders Park. So we'll hear from Mark Kingston what happened this weekend, what he likes, and what this means Heading closer, inching closer now to SEC play. Just one more opponent before South Carolina gets his first SEC series. We'll talk about it all in segment number two. This is Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
This is Locked On Gamecocks. Smitty here with you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Gamecocks, it's Black, Garnet, and Daly. So happy to be with you and so happy that South Carolina made Cornell pay for visiting Founders Park. Now, we told you that that lineup needed to build some confidence, and it didn't hurt to get Brennan Malone back either. So, South Carolina pummeling Cornell this weekend, and that was the prescription for an ailing offense. And let's be frank, they needed, you know, a couple of runaways after suffering series losses to Northwestern and Clemson. This Gamecock team needed some confidence, and they got it. Outscoring Cornell 26-6 to over three games, and now the Gamecocks have won four in a row and should be feeling pretty good about themselves. Brandon Jordan, really nice surprise on the hill there. His ERA all the way down to 1.71. He's picked up a couple of victories. So uh, you've got to like where Brandon Jordan is right now as a starter for South Carolina to go along with the guys that you know we knew we were going to get from Carmen Majinski and Brett Carey. Now, Kingston's never satisfied, but he really likes what he's seen from the staff's execution and command which is what we talked about in this very space on this podcast all of last week. I just told you, Brandon Jordan, that ERA is down to 1.71. I'm impressed. What does Mark Kingston think about Brandon Jordan's performances? Again, common theme this weekend is you're as good as you're starting pitching, and, and Brandon Jordan was really good again, five innings, uh, two hits, one earned run, ten strikeouts, and only one walk. So he set the tone for us, and uh, I told the team I thought it was a workmanlike win. Um, thought we should have done some things better, um, but at the end of the day, you come out here to win the game, we did that. And Brandon did exactly what basically every pitcher this week did. Um, we, we had a plan, we, we executed the plan, and uh, had a lot of success with it. So really good to see him bounce back with, with his command this week. Five innings on 65 pitches, that's really good stuff. So the starters outstanding this weekend for South Carolina. Now, we're not going to go over the moon because we, we talked about it. We said Cornell's not even a quality opponent. But what you needed to do is see the relievers put into action the plan that Mark Kingston had laid out. And the starters did it, and the pin did it as well. Four relievers allowed just three hits and struck out six on Sunday. And Gamecock pictures in game three of that series gave up just two walks. So, is the bullpen close to where Mark Kingston needs it to be heading into a very rugged SEC schedule? We're getting close, for sure. We're getting close. We're seeing guys uh, where guys look the most comfortable. We're seeing guys uh, get their feet wet. Um, and the, the nice thing is we've been able to not ask guys to do too much. Um, it started Tuesday night. You know, guys really set the tone and, and were really good. And then this weekend, we were able to get guys in, get guys out um, with very low pitch counts, and we didn't have to overextend anybody. So that was, that was something we wanted to see. And that bullpen could be the difference in close SEC contest coming up this season. That's something we'll keep an eye on to see if that confidence remains because for a while the bullpen was struggling with command. Not so this weekend. Now, was that just because of the lack of competition or did something finally click for this group? Um, We're going to find out. We'll find out soon enough because after the Citadel, South Carolina opens up SEC play with Tennessee coming up this weekend. Now, I told you the bats got going. Wes Clark hit his eighth home run over the weekend. You also saw homers from Jeff Heinrich, Brady Allen, Andrew Eister got it going. The lineup's gotten a lot 
better. And they needed that. They needed to see a few balls travel. They needed to hit some gappers and score double-digit runs. Just because you just need to know that that's in there. You've got that in your bag as as a lineup. Because they'd, they had faced some really tough pitching, especially against Clemson earlier this season. The weather was cold. Ball wasn't traveling earlier against Northwestern. And that's something Mark Kingston points out here, too. You know, the weather and its effect on offense in college baseball. Power always starts to show up a little bit more now that it warms up. Hopefully we start to get some some warmer weather. Uh, this is one of the few games we've played all year where the wind wasn't blowing in to hold up balls. And today we hit, we got into some balls and, and the guys got rewarded. And how about the return of Brandon Malone? Because Malone playing third base now. So that's going to make South Carolina. It's going to do two things for South Carolina. It's going to make the lineup longer. It's going to help the back end just a little bit, where they have been struggling until this weekend. And then also it allows Coach Kingston to move pieces around. Right now Noah Campbell's got a thumb injury, so that's that's one issue. So Campbell's kind of leaving the lineup as Malone's coming in. But that's what you've got to have. Uh, If you're going to play in the SEC, you've got to have depth. And that's what Malone is going to help deliver for South Carolina. Oh, for four, you know, on Sunday, but Mark Kingston knows that bat is going to come around and he needs to do what a lot of Gamecock hitters need to do. Keep that stroke short. Make sure we cut down on the strikeouts as a lineup heading into SEC play because those long swings aren't going to hack it Friday nights in Southeastern Conference play. Yeah, once he gets his eye down and, and gets his swing back, it, it, it helps our lineup pretty significantly. I thought his swing was long this weekend, and, and I think that's just a matter of he hadn't played for a month. Um, so he'll, he'll get it figured out. Um, he, still, he still took most of the right pitches. You know, you could see that he, he still has his eye because he took some breaking balls down in the dirt that maybe some people would have swung at. Um, but we just got to make sure the swing is, you know, at, at the length that it needs to to hit really good pitching. So there you go, the Gamecocks. They get the sweep. They're 11-4. and four. They host the Citadel Tuesday night. And then opening SEC play this weekend, Founders Park against Tennessee. We'll absolutely be breaking down that series all this week because it's so crucial for South Carolina to get off to a good start if they want to make a regional this season based on losses to Northwestern and Clemson. I promise we're going to stop talking about those series soon enough. Uh, but right now it's, it's just – Good vibes around South Carolina, the fact that they swept Cornell, and then they need to get wins here. They need to take the the Citadel uh, game very seriously and pick up a win tomorrow night. All right, when we come back, we will hear from the queen of South Carolina athletics, Dawn Staley. What a job she and her team did this weekend in Greenville. None of their three contests were close in the second half. The focus was there, the depth the intensity, the teamwork, the unselfish play. Dawn Staley so proud of her team, but the job is not done. This is a South Carolina club that is going to be the top overall seed in the NCAA tournament and the prohibitive favorite to win a second national championship. We'll dig into it when we come back. This is your team every day. Locked on Gamecocks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So South Carolina got it done on international 
Women's Day at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena. I was there to see South Carolina dominate Mississippi State from the opening tip, just blitzing them with their defense. And don't forget, this is a Mississippi State team that was ranked number nine in the country and had given South Carolina probably its toughest test of the season um, outside of their single loss, playing the Gamecocks to the buzzer, 81-79. That was back January 20th, and that's why I give Dawn Staley so much credit uh, in terms of game planning. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. The fact that South Carolina went zone against Mississippi State, the team was just locked in. Uh, and, and look, Mississippi State's well coached, but – when you can come at teams in waves the way South Carolina can, and you have dominant players at all five positions, first and second team, it's too much to overcome. And, uh, and I got to hear SEC coaches talk about it all weekend long. And, uh, and look, I was there in Greenville, which is a cool city anyway. Love downtown Greenville. Uh, absolutely visit there if you get the chance. And you might because South Carolina is uh, – expected to be the prohibitive favorite. They're going to have a couple of games in Columbia in the NCAA tournament. And then if they continue to advance, the regional uh, is going to be held right there in Greenville, back at the Bon Secours Wellness Arena. So South Carolina is going to have that home court advantage back. And look, Dawn Staley's not apologizing for that. She credits the Gamecock women's basketball fans for descending upon the well this weekend and making it a home court for her team. I'm happy for our, our players. I mean, they've worked hard. <clears throat> I'm happy for our fans um, who worked equally as hard um, <clears throat> coming into this building all weekend long, spending their hard earned money. Um, and I'm, I, I hope it's worth it. I hope, you know, whatever they had to dish out was worth it with the, uh, the excitement they brought in the building and they allowed us to you know to win this championship and I'm always proud to represent this this conference in this way um, because of the great coaches that are in it the great players I mean we're, we're talented I mean our, our league is talented and we'll be talented you know for the near future um, but when you win this league when you win this tournament it puts you in a position of competing um, on a broader scale and that's competing for now championship so um that's what we'll try to do in the next phase of our, our season and how about that defense for south carolina it, it all started with Leah boston in the middle and then out front with players like ty harris the point guard and and by the way on sunday again it was, i saw three different teams for south carolina and i mean that in the most positive way i'm talking about the fact that this team was like an amoeba they could feed Leah boston in the post in one game in the next game, Kiki Harris was the featured player who, by the way, scored 15 points on Sunday and was named the tournament's most outstanding player. Ty Harris, 10 points, 10 assists. She was making the team go on Sunday. Destiny Henderson was a big star in Saturday's game. So this is – and Destiny Henderson also made the all-tournament team, as did Ty Harris. Honestly, you could have just given the Gamecocks – and not the starters – the Gamecocks could have been the all-tournament team and not the starters. That's what I'm telling That's how good. Sometimes, and I saw this on Friday night with South Carolina against Georgia, the second team was better than the first team. That's what kind of club and squad this is for Dawn Staley right now. And 
Afterward, she praised this team's ability to change and do the things, be as versatile as I'm talking about. They just talked about the zone. They didn't even have that much time to work on it. But the fact that her players comprehend kind of just through conversation, just kind of going, taking classroom, uh, you know, the classroom concept of what they want to do against Mississippi State defensively and then putting it in action in a game. That speaks to this team's intelligence and commitment. Here's Dawn Staley on switching from man to zone against Mississippi State after they gave them so many problems earlier this season. We, we have open dialogue with our players last night. I mean, it's 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock at night, we're going over our scouting report with our players, and and we just I asked Ty, Ty, how you want to play this? How you want to play the 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 weave? How you want to play them? And she was like, we need to zone them, and and it's Coach Fred's uh, scout, and he talked about zoning them um, before they before they got in the room, and I'm just like, you know, you hear it once, you're like ah, you hear it twice from a player, um, then you just you just kind of formulating, and I. And although we didn't play a whole, whole lot of um, zone, we, we created zone concepts within our men. Um, and that was, you know, what got us, you know, got them under control because they weren't, you know, having their way with dribble, that, dribble drives down the lane. Um, so our commitment to that is it's that type of team where we have very little practice and we just talked about things and they can they can see it. Um and, you know, when you have a team like that that can visualize it and see it without having to have, you know, 100 reps and a lot of prep time. So that's that's probably the difference maker in in teams of of, of our past and, and this present team that they they just have a better understanding of how to play the game. And that great defense turned into 14 Mississippi State turnovers, 11 block shots, and 25 fast break points for the Gamecocks. And my favorite play that I witnessed all weekend was on a play where Aaliyah Boston snagged a rebound. The game was not really in doubt, but Mississippi State was hanging around a little bit. So Boston grabs the rebound, one of 11 that she had on Sunday in the championship game. She tosses a quick outlet pass to Ty Harris. So they're looking for another fast break opportunity. As I told you, they had 25 fast break points. Well, then Harris tosses the ball long to Kiki, Herbert Harrigan. It's too tall for Kiki. And she leaps up into the air, spins around all in one motion, and finds Zaya Cook. Well, Zaya, you can hear her call Bria's name, Rhea Beal is sprinting right down the middle of the floor. Big strides through the top of the key. Cook finds Bria for the lay-in. The crowd goes crazy, and the reason they went crazy is because they know that's the type of unselfish play, the type of effort, and quick thinking that makes this team number one in the country. It's not just the level of talent. It's that kind of effort and playmaking that gets it done. And Dawn Staley recognizes that unselfishness, especially in Aaliyah Boston. They just came in with a want to win. And they really, they don't care how that looks for them. They don't care. I mean, Aaliyah Boston, come on. I mean, we got her the ball three or four times tonight. No complaints. 
She just kept gobbling up rebounds, outletting it, um, blocking shots, running the floor. I mean, it is it is that. I, I thought um, our leaders, I thought Kiki had a great tournament. Just incredible focus um, on her part. And so you wrap it all up, South Carolina's 32-1, and one, clearly going to be the top overall seed. And, you know, coaches are usually hard on their teams, but you wonder, did Dawn Staley, would, how did she feel about the season and the performance they just had? So here's Coach Staley on if this team is a lock, no doubt, 100%, the top overall seed heading into the NCAA tournament. Um, there wasn't a doubt win, lose, or draw this tournament. There wasn't a doubt. I don't think anybody has the um, the resume that we have. Um, but this is the way you, you, you take that out of the question. I don't know what scenarios they could come up with. I mean, there's none that will fit the profile that we that we had and all the, all the you know all the <clears throat> all the things the committee deemed. Um, necessary for a team to be a number one seed and number one overall seed. I think we check off the, all the boxes. I agree with Don Staley. This is a team that checks off every box, and they need your support. South Carolina will be back in Greenville, back in Columbia for a couple of rounds, and then back in Greenville for the regional, trying to win Don Staley's second national championship. This is the best team in the country. We've seen them dominate the SEC. We've seen them dominate UConn. They just have to stay focused, avoid injury, and they will be the favorite heading to the final four. And we'll continue to cover it right here on Locked On Gamecocks. And be sure to check out Locked On SEC at LockedOnPodcast.com. They do a great job over there. And Locked On SEC is a great place to catch up with everything that's happening in the best conference in college football and where South Carolina fits in to that. We'll be sure to reach out to those guys and have them on soon. Right here on your team every day, Black, Garnet, and Daily, Locked On Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.